0: in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dentists Who Invest podcast, episode number 71, and a little bit of an unprecedented unprecedented podcast today because this is not a one-on-one podcast this is a fatal three-way podcast Did anybody used to watch WWE back in the day I'm getting connotations of that springing to mind especially considering the physique of the two men sat here in front of me one is Vinay Rathod and one is Bilal Ahmed how are you guys today
1: amazing James how are
0: you doing oh mate I'm 10 out of 10 Bilal
1: I'm good man I'm good Just that is- I mean that's I'm in the twilight hour before my fast opens, but I'm I'm good.
0: <laughs> awesome! Oh yeah, fair play to you, mate. Yeah, hats off, hats off. Uh, yeah, it's not easy to fast. Certainly, I, I it's not something I've ever done, and I think it's something I'd struggle with. So fair play to you, mate. So today's podcast is a little bit of a unique one because we are combining the unbelievable knowledge of these two gentlemen. In one unique podcast today, and we're playing off the ramifications of mortgages versus limited companies versus taxation, all of those things under one roof, under one podcast, and for dentists as well. Because we've done everything, we've done those two topics to death. We've obviously had Bilal on quite a few times, we've had Vinay on as a returning guest as well. And now we're combining the two to find out how they interact with each other because actually there is some super important considerations that don't get talked about enough and those will be revealed as the podcast goes on but the very first one that we were talking a little bit off camera weren't we Bilal and you were saying about the very first one is obviously dentists the one of the things they aspire to or they move towards very early in their career is creating a limited company but this of course has implications. For their mortgage. So, maybe you might like to explain a little bit more on that, Bilal. And then, Vinay, of course, that is your area of expertise. So, feel free to interject whenever you feel appropriate.
1: Cool. So, um, I'll kick off. Um, thanks for having us today. So, where, where this really comes about is where, where on the previous podcast we've spoken about, you know, why would one go limited company? What are the considerations one has to make? Today is really more about timing. So, we're not going to go over um, stuff we've already covered off. But, I mean, Shout out to the, the podcast we've done previously, and, and and the ones that already exist on the Dentist to the Best Spotify or the the, the podcasts are out there at the moment, because this is very much in line with what we've discussed previously. And the journey sort of continues. This is almost a a, a landing that says, "Well, I'm at the point where I want to think about it. I need to think about the wider factors," and that's that sort of the way we work. Is isn't so much um, you, you should go limited, you'll save money because it can jeopardize other things. And I think the the analogy I use is if if you're going to go limited. And you need all the money, then you're going to save about three three and a half grand. Are you going to care about that three three and a half grand saving if it means you lose out on a house? Now, in the grand scheme of things, it, you're not going to care. Once you get the keys to the house, you're not going to care that you, you sort of lost out a three grand saving. What you're going to care about is you've managed to get into the house. But the problem, the way property prices are moving, um, it, it gets swallowed out anyway. So where where this all comes about is. When we look at the, the, the wider strategy, and the, one of the things that I do as part of the consultations is understanding you, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to do? And then that really ring fences some of the things we, why we wouldn't and wouldn't do them. That's why we always give the explanation. Where this conversation, sorry, you're going to say James.
0: Sorry, I just wanted to jump in. You know, that three grand saving, is that the saving that occurs the second that you hit above the basic tax rate? Is that what you mean? Is that what you're referring to? Or did I get the wrong end of the stick there?
1: No, no. So, so if you were earning, you know, anywhere 50, 60, 70 grand a year uh, after expenses, and if you chose to go limited in that year, you, in that first year of going limited, you would save about three, three and a half grand if you took oh. all the money out. Now, one right. of the things we've t- we spoke about in, in a lot of detail and certainly on, on the course as well is you don't take all the money out. Mm-hmm. But the, the argument being if, if you getting on the property ladder is massively on the horizon, the argument being you're going to need all the cash to pay for the deposit, to pay for the legals, to pay for the duty, to pay for the moving, to pay for the furniture. You're going to need the cash in the short term. So, you know, these 10, 15, 20,000 pound savings we see by going limited aren't generally accessible if you need all the cash.
0: Totally with you. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, that brings us into what? Another thing that we were going to talk about off camera, which Vinay, I'd love to hear your input in, is how we structure taking that money out of the company. Because by and large, you draw a salary or you draw your dividends. But of course... That has a huge, well, it can have an impact. I don't know how big of an impact just yet because I'm listening to Vinay with intent and with interest as well. That can have an impact on your mortgage. Isn't that right, Vinay? Uh, very much
2: so, yeah. Um, I, I often uh, speak to dentists who have recently changed to a limited company. Um, and they're very excited about how much money they're going to save in tax and that excitement disappears somewhat when they realize it's going to cause a problem buying that dream home that they've just had an offer yeah. accepted on. Um, please ring us before you make offers on properties, guys, not afterwards. Um, it's it's much easier for everyone. Um, you've touched on salary and dividends, and Bilal touched on retained profits. Um, those are the three different types of money that you have in a limited company scenario. When you're self-employed, be it a sole trader or a partnership, your tax return shows how much profit you've made. So money you've taken into your bank, minus any expenses that Bilal says you're allowed to deduct, um, gives you a, a, a profit value, a net profit. That, fa- that, that value is what your tax bill is calculated on. So that before tax profit is your income. You've paid tax on the whole lot and the money is in your name, right? So James Martin has had a net profit of this much. Therefore, for mortgage purposes, that's your annual income. I'm not going to go into great detail about self-employed underwriting, but typically two years of your average net profit, unless the profit is less in the most recent year, then it's the most recent. But I'll add, we can get mortgages based on projections in certain scenarios, but that's not what this podcast is about. So you go to a limited company structure. All of your money isn't legally yours anymore. Not necessarily. Now, it may be that you own 100% shares in the company and in all intents and purposes, that money is yours because if you want it, you can just take as big a dividend as you want. No one can stop you, All right. But the problem is it's not actually legally yours until you've taken said dividend. And that's where a lot of people have a bit of a problem. So there's two sides of this. Some people think it's far too much in one direction and other people don't realise there's an impact at all. So Bilal will ask you uh, or tell you that I recommend you take a salary that keeps you just below the national insurance threshold. What is what is that this year and, and as per Rishi Bai's budget, what, what's it going to be going
1: forward? So that nine and a half grand at the moment is, is probably where I'd like it to be, but going forward from July onwards, it's 12 and a half grand. All right, so... That's how much salary your
2: accountant will usually tell you to take. um, So you don't have to pay any national insurance, employers' uh, uh, national insurance. Um, Then anything else that you need to live, depending on how lavish your lifestyle or humble, will dictate how large a dividend you take. All right. Your salary and dividend combined is usually what most banks will look at. to get you a mortgage, right? So if you've got a hundred grand of, of profit, you, you, I know this isn't technically accurate, Bilal, but it makes the point. You take a 10 grand salary and you're left with 90 grand in the uh, in the business. You take a, a 40 grand dividend because you need to spend 50 grand a year. Then you've got 50 grand retained in the business, right? I'm ass- after tax, uh, a corporation tax. The motivation is corporation tax is considerably less than higher rate income or extra rate income tax. Um, some people think you need to take a massive dividend in order to get that massive mortgage. So if you're earning a hundred grand in the business, but you're, you must take all of that hundred grand out in salary and dividends. Can, the-
1: can, I, can I just jump in one second, Vinay? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, just, let's set the scene slightly here is uh when, when you operate as a sole trader, so so, so the main consideration is when, when one op- operates as a sole r- trader, you make 100 grand a year. After expenses, that's the number that you would use to then base their affordability on for a mortgage. So that, that's what the multiply yeah. is then based on. Yeah, When you operate via a limited company, that same 100 grand after expenses is then sort of diluted a little bit further. Because from that 100 grand, you then knock off the 10 grand salary, leaves you with 90 grand. Once that ninety grand, then you then have to allow for tax. So what Vinay was saying before is um, pre-tax income is is what it is. That's what we base your income on. And Vinay is right. So from a, from a limited company perspective, you know Vinay Limited is a separate legal entity to Vinay the person. That money is not Vinay's until a dividend's been declared, which is absolutely right. That dividend can only be declared once corporation tax is allowed for. So that same hundred grand in that same scenario actually looks very different on your self-assessment. Should you take the income now? Mm-hmm. That's, and that's where some of the saving is because company company pays corporation tax first and then you're left with a difference. Uh, you take all the dividend out now. So the first thing that I always say to clients is, you know, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? Because right now, your self-assessment might not, again, bearing in mind, you've taken all the dividends available from the company. Your self-assessment might now show 83 grand, whereas your sole trader statement would have shown 100 grand. Now it's the same 100,000 pounds that you've earned. You've not earned any less money but now, technically, your 100 grand has less buying power. Um, and that's the bit that, so that's the first red herring. So the first is, if yeah. you're trying to do that, how 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 beyond your limit are you getting? You know, how, how, how close are we flying to the sun? The second bit then is, I don't really advocate limited companies unless you really have a purpose
0: for them. Real quick guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. Most of the time dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to wwwdentistinvestcom forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description this report details these seven most common issues however most importantly it also shows you how to fix them really looking forward to hearing your thoughts
2: can i quickly interject yeah yeah sure there are are a couple of lenders who will lend based on salary and company profits before corporation tax okay yeah so it isn't always the case that limited company will give you a smaller multiplier yeah. but but, but we yeah, yeah. it is yeah
1: yeah but we're smaller but we're sort of diminishing the pool slightly because i think the way i like to do it is to give balance because i don't like to talk about things that i, I i'm not I, i'm not au fait on which is why i always say look from what i know as a sole trader you've got access to all these ten lenders for instance when you go limited and you've not got enough accounts so you, you, you theoretically need two years worth of accounts so that now, because you've not got two years' worth of accounts, yeah. you, you it, the, 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 the the panel shrinks. Yeah. Then, if we want these specialist lenders that give us this, then then the panel shrinks even even further. So, mm. uh, and that that's not still a bad thing because I think so. How how this whole thing came about was the house that I live in now. Um, I've got equity in it. I want to roll it into another house. I don't want to take out any more money out of my company than I absolutely have to. My mortgage advisor, who's not a specialist said my self-assessment, wife's self-assessment needed to show X amount. Now, that was excess money that we didn't need that we were going to get whacked on tax on because once you once you start taking over 50K in your company, you're then paying tax at thirty two point thirty two point five percent which is going to rise to 33.75% in the, in the coming year. So I was on the phone to Vinay saying, said, look, what are my options? And he said, look, providing we've got the deposit, which we do, we, we've got cash, we've got cash savings, we've got the equity in the house, we want to roll that into another house um you don't need to take that out because we i wholly own my limited company my wife wholly owns her limited company we can take the 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 taxable income or the the profit after tax or the profit figure the profit value from from that position so that puts us in in a significant significantly better position but we are far further down the road where i've got three four five years worth of accounts now where this conversation really comes from and where, where i say to my clients go speak to vinay is when they're at that sort of juncture where they're saying I really want to go limited, you know, I, I make the kind of money where I, I make a good income. I want to start being more tax efficient, but I haven't bought my house yet. So this is where we then say, go speak to a for these reasons. Now, sort of, the way the way sort of you explained to me was fantastic is, you know, I don't know if you want to mention any uh, lenders or anything, but who my mortgage was with, they wanted two years worth of accounts. There's another high street lender. When we say that the pool diminishes, it's not, it's not sort of your backstreet, your backstreet mortgage lender that's going to want 15 points. There are still some
2: reputable lenders. There's just a lot less of them. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no. I, can... no
1: I, was, I was sort of going to hand back to you at that point where, because right. that, that, that's what I found really useful because um, using someone like yourself that deals with professionals, um, we're sort of all bunched in the sense like your mm. doctors, your dentists, your pharmacists, your lawyers. They're all sort of treated somewhat the same.
2: <laughs> exactly that. Um, there are... <clears throat> for the for the the elite professions i i, I like to say if if your asian mum and dad would be proud that you did it at uni then that's probably what the banks are calling the professionals doctor dentist accountant solicitor veterinary veterinary surgeon um so the the the, the, the typical um uh, prestigious uh, occupations so <clears throat> you go to a normal mortgage broker. And again, I use this example with my clients uh, and and I say to them, how many patients do you think sit in your chair in an average month that are high-earning self-employed professionals? And that's the same proportion an average mortgage broker gets of high-earning self-employed professionals, right? I only speak to dentists and their spouses and some referrals from them. I've I've got a few medical clients as well, um, but primarily we are a dental uh, specialist broker. All of our clients, almost all of our clients are self-employed in one form or the other. And they're all professionals. Hence, I know which banks offer the professional flexibility. So some banks will advertise for professional products. There are other banks that, and it it took me a while to learn this, um, uh, banks don't necessarily decline mortgages only because they don't believe you're safe to lend to. Banks have a finite amount of money that they want to lend they have a maximum volume of applications they can process in any given time before they start creating backlogs which is counterproductive they want to underwrite the easiest business that they can get through the door quick 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 and they can cherry pick because there's more people wanting to borrow money than they have available to lend so i spent early part of my career sort of fighting the underwriter saying look you know this is why these clients are are sound you know they're dentists they're going to get this money why why can't you believe that and it's not that they don't believe it the powers that be have just decided these are less desirable clients you know um there are lenders out there though that don't want to open the floodgates to every tom dick and harry ringing them trying to convince them to give a mortgage to a doctor or dentist because that again is counterproductive their service levels are especially during the pandemic have been extremely sensitive to business volumes so they they tend to speak to lenders uh, brokers who are experts in certain fields people who do a lot of business with professional clients or certain types of clients and you know we do a lot of business with dentist after dentist after dentist underwriter starts noticing this dude just keeps sending us dentist what's going on someone rings you up and says, oh, you do a lot of business with dentists. Um, I mean, we're piloting a couple of schemes with mortgage lenders that only we will have access to. And effectively, we're helping them to decide whether they want to launch a product to the public to do professional lending or lending to to dentists in a, a, a higher income multiple or without accounts. So we know which underwriters to ring, to have a word with and say, look, I've got a very favorable scenario here and this applicant is a, X, Y, and Z are the benefits. A, B, and C are why they don't meet normal lending policy, but you know, please consider it. We have a, a list of lenders who can go and will go outside of lending policy. Um, and we will speak to all of them in order of the ones with the cheapest products first. Okay. But that is a list of lenders outside, out of a very large pool of lenders. Now, if you're self-employed sole trader, you've got two years of accounts you can get a mortgage with any lender you okay. will go on compare the market.com and those high those really low interest rates that you see the the headline grabbing rates and what you'll be entitled to get you then change to a limited company <clears throat> and as Bilal said anything over 50 grand you pay higher tax rate on so you you cap your salary and dividend at 50 grand Most of those lenders I've just told you that you could get a mortgage with will now only lend based on your salary and dividend. So whatever that is, times their income multiple. So all of a sudden, your 100 grand has become 50 grand. Yeah, Um, there are lenders who will work on salary and company profits. Most of them, company profit after corporation tax very small number will look at profits before corporation tax the problem that you have though is most dentists are quite aspirational when they buy homes because income is very secure and on an upward trajectory despite what the, 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 the people moan about on the forums dentistry is a very secure income um it's why i chose to go to dental school when i was 30 if i was going to change career i didn't want to be nearly 40 fighting 25-year-olds for, for a job, you know, needs to be... A, and I didn't want to start on 20 grand a year uh, at that age. Very secure income, and you know that there's an upward trajectory with the odd dip here or there through your career path. Um, and, and for that reason, you don't get dentists who think, all right, I earn 100 grand, so I'm going to buy a 200 grand house, with the exception of people who live in areas where you do get a, a phenomenal amount for your money. But if you live in... Um, The south of England or or an area that is high in demand, especially with prices like they are now, um, you're probably going to need a high income multiple. And that's where it becomes a problem, because before I used to have a pool of all of these banks and I could go to the ones with the highest income multiple. But you've changed to limited. So even though I've got lenders who work off the profits of the business. I've only got a small selection of those lenders and they're not going to have. The, the widest range and highest in, uh, income multiples.
1: Further to th- sorry, just, just, on, just on that, Vinay, is when, when we look at that, we, we we sort of take a step back at that point and say, well, which do you want? Because the the temptation is to rate shop. is to say, mm. well, they, they've got the best rate. Well, fine. They've got the best rate, but the, the actual pound value per month different might be £100, £200 different. But but you have to get that, to access that rate, you've now got to pay 18 grand more in tax. Mm. Uh, now, you've sort of got to ask yourself, so when you're doing that comparison over the life of the mortgage that says, uh, you know, is it two-year fix, three-year fix, four-year fix, whatever you're going for, how much are you going to be paying over the life of that fixed period versus how much have you saved by going limited? Because yeah. this, is sort of, this is sort of the side of the fence that I sit on that says, uh, as, as an accountant, I'm not incentivized for you to go limited or sole trader. For, for me, it makes no difference. Because as a relationship based, which is why we say go speak to Vinay before you do anything. Mm. Now, the temptation is jump into it. Let's do it. And I think we had a through, a through a call with a mutual client recently where we had to almost talk him out of it and say, based on what you're trying to achieve, you're going to have to delay your plans by, by 18 months. Because the way it was structured and the type of mortgage he needed, it would have been not, not, not too difficult because I'm sure you could have placed it, but it would have been less advantageous if he needed to move quickly which he did because this is where this is where the emotional side of things comes into it that says we have to sort of manage expectation that says you know neither of us is doing anything wrong i can still save you money but you you're jeopardizing the longer term goal here so and i think you know james i made a massive point about this on the on the total the the finance course is don't get wrapped up in the tax side of things is you know there's more important things that you're you're going to factor into your decision making and. Um, I think, yeah, James, you put it fantastic when you said, when, you, when you're ever faced with these kind of things, it's just zoom out. But don't get caught into the sort of the microcosm of what you're dealing with now is zoom out and look at the wider picture that says, uh, A, do the math, you know, sit down with Vinay. And you know, if you want to jump on a call with the three of us and you're a mutual client and you give us the permission to talk to each other, we will have those conversations. Um, and then we, we will give you our recommendation that says, look, this is probably not the right thing for you now. Mm. Uh, but it will be, you know, once you're in the position where you can then make the change, we then need to make the change because um we and then we need to sort of factor in is this house the stopping gap? Is this your house that you're gonna be in for the next five, ten years? Um, or you know, if you if you're gonna get this house just to get on the ladder, refurb it, get your money out and do it all again, then it's almost a case of, well, do we now wait again another two years? Or mm-hmm. is it or do we have enough of a window to then go to limited so we've got two years worth of the clean accounts to then go back to the lender and then then there's then there's no issue. So I think very much the purpose of this today for me was 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 to show that there's two sides to the same coin. So you know, yeah. Vina, Vin, you put this fantastically. Is, you know, we look at finance for the dentist from very two very different perspectives. Um, and as I, and you know, I'm not here to to, to uh, which is why I don't opine on what Vinay does uh, because I, I can't. And it, you know, it's an ever moving thing. You know, with base rate changes, everything like that. The whole the whole product the whole product portfolio changes again. You know things like pandemic and stuff. Appetite from lenders changes. All of that then moves, but it that those sort of events don't affect accounting rules. So, which is why I, I don't opine them because it's go speak to Vinay. You know, and we'll work out the best option for you because, um, within within all of that is we have a mutually a mutual goal here is to just to get the best outcome for you guys. Uh, is is mm-hmm. is to ensure that you guys know and I think. One of, the, one of my biggest passions in all of this is making sure people know their options and understand why you would do one thing over the other. And I think I, I make a big point of that. Um, so, so back to you, Vina. Um All, all,
2: all uh, the very good and correct points. Um, all I'll add to that on top is um, the, the, the times clients know to ask the question is when they're planning to buy very soon. Sometimes we get clients come to us after they've already made the decision to change to a limited company and they want to buy a house. So um, there's two issues here. The first is being limited. How will they work out income? I think we've covered that well. The salary plus dividend is one option. The majority of bank supply. Salary and company profit is another option, which is more limited, but can still be utilized.
0: Yeah. Here's what I'd like to ask on that. Yeah. Listening very intently. Okay. Now, dividends tax, right? Over 50,000, right? It's Bilal, you'll know the numbers off the top of your head, but it's either 32% or 37% once your total, your cumulative dividends and income hit over 50,270 right now, right in this moment. The 5th of April. Oh, and it's going to change tomorrow, isn't it? Just tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. yeah. So we just got our nose in there, isn't it? But as of today, for those who are listening to this podcast today, it's going to be released next week anyway. So let's, okay, forget that. What is what is the new rate from tomorrow? What is the new rate from tomorrow?
1: 33.75%.
0: Uh, okay, so that's the dividends tax. So that's the, there's the lower, higher, intermediate. Or sorry, there's so lower, intermediate, higher dividends tax, right?
1: So lowers 30, So lower is going up to 875 uh intermediate is going to thirty three point seven five and the top line number of I've lost it. it. it's a thirty eight something is that but that's over 150k of dividends of, t- of total income for the year.
0: Right, brilliant. And then what is the basic tax rate from tomorrow? Is that the same? Basic the,
1: tax? The div- oh so the, the, the threshold the, basic the tax line. threshold
0: sorry is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh,
1: so that's twelve and a half grand. So that's staying as it is. So, 12 and a half grand, the first 12 and a half grand UN is tax free, then up to 50K is 8.75%.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. So, sorry, what I meant was you see that 50K, see the, ex- it's more like 50,270 right today, but tomorrow, yeah. what will it be? It's
1: staying about the same. It's, that's the oh, thing it's
0: staying the same. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, actually, do you know what? There's a podcast in itself, Tax Changes from Next Year. We should probably do that sometime mm-hmm. soon. But, okay. So, <laughs> so those sorry buddy you carry on you finish uh, well no feel free if you felt like there was something relevant there to say feel free to jump in Um, a
2: lot of the people who are are going to limited would otherwise lose their tax-free allowance and I'll allow Bilal um, to expand on that people who would have had a net profit of over 100,000 and there's an extra motivation there to change to limited and and this is Bilal's area yeah
1: Correct. So a couple of things, and this is where we drop in a bit of a gem for you, because we've always got to add value, haven't we, James? Is So Rishi Sunak is changing the national insurance threshold. So the reason why we pay uh, ourselves a salary of about £790 a month is because anything more than that starts attracting national insurance employers and employees' national insurance. So as an employer, when you pay someone a salary, you've got to pay uh, 13.8% on their behalf, which is monstrous and ludicrous, but it is what it is. Now, uh, from tomorrow onwards, from from the for the 2022-23 tax year, uh, that rate is, is increasing to 15.05%. So, when you employ someone, you've got to pay 15.05% national insurance, but the rate at which you pay is increasing. So, from July onwards, that amount is increasing to 12.5 grand. So, the employer's national insurance and the employee's national insurance is jumping up to 12.5 um, grand, which means if you're an employee of a limited company now, increase your salary do that 12 and a half grand a year for a right from July onwards. And you'll save about 500 pound in tax per person, per employee that you've got or per shareholder director that you've got on your company. So if you're a husband and wife team and you up your salary, you'll save about a grand in tax. So, so there, there, there's, there's a free perler for you. Um The other bit being none of that has a bearing on what we're discussing today because the, 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 the salary audit means is you take a slightly higher salary, slightly lower dividend, keep you at 50K regardless. So um that that, that's the bit on that is one of the reasons why we obviously we keep ourselves with that is, you know, if you don't need any more than 50K to live off, you leave the rest of the money in the limited company to invest. And I think one of the the most popular things that we get asked uh, on on a regular basis is why why would I go limited? And one of the benefits is you get to control the amount of money you take out. So if you're a high earner and you're earning 150, 160, 170 grand a year, for every two pounds you earn over 100K after expenses, you lose one pound of your personal allowance. So when you get to 125K worth of taxable profit, you've lost your entire personal allowance. So that first 12 and a half grand, uh 12.5 grand tax free now disappears and you pay twenty percent on that. Now, and again, within all of this is again another factor to decide that says, well, with all the numbers, everything told, you can make it work by taking 99, 99 999 pounds worth of income and dividends that you limited in company, you can make the whole thing work and you forego that extra two and a half grand saving, uh, two and a half grand tax bill once you start with, once you get to 125k. Um, the idea, and I think I I, I stress okay. this point more than anything else about limited companies, is if you don't have a plan to invest with the money you leave behind, I don't think it's the right option um, because of the the wider factors. Now, if if you've considered all of that and said that the most popular thing we get is we want to invest in property, right? fantastic, it's a great idea. Um, I don't give I don't give financial advice, I don't say you know you should invest in property, you shouldn't, you know, it's a good idea. But I think the first thing is, as a passive income stream, I don't think it's passive. I think it's very active. <laughs> I don't know anyone that invests in property and and doesn't have sort of a hairline like mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, the 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 other thing being then is um, that the and again you, you see this loads on the on the on the on the forum, James is don't get a mortgage through an limited company because you'll pay more interest. You pay a higher rate of interest, but. Just from a, before, I sort of passed the baton to Vinay on that on that point. Is from the accounting perspective, a you can claim the interest as an expense through an empty company for a buy-to-let property. You can't do that as a sole trader. B you've increased your amount of liquidity by by not taking the taxes income and putting it back in. Because if you were going to you needed fifty grand's worth of deposit money, you would have had to have earned fifty k to then pay all the associate, sorry one hundred k to pay all the associated taxes to be left with the deposit in the first place. Whereas if you've got one limited company, the money left behind you, paid you 19% corporation tax, you've got more liquidity. So right. don't get hung up on interest rates is, is again, uh, I think, mm-hmm. I, I love the phrase that you say, zoom out, because zoom out, see it all in the, graph, and you'll, you'll see your graph do that over, over the life of what you're planning yeah. on doing. So with, with that being said, you know, the money finds its way from a limited company into your SPV, which is a special purpose vehicle, which is a lender will want to see that they'll want to see your property in a separate uh, limited company money can find its way through their tax efficiently. And I think we've discussed that on the previous podcast. Holding company. Um, holding company, yeah. So money filters its way through, all legally, uh, all above board. But from this point onwards now, Vinny, what, what does a mortgage look like through a limited company for buy to let okay
2: Okay. Um, very quickly before we get to that, the last thing I just wanted to add is I, I've, I've explained how changing to a limited company restricts lenders and some will look at salary and dividend and et cetera. Uh, what I forgot or what I hadn't added yet was that that assumes you've got two years of accounts as a limited company, right? So that assumes you've changed some time ago, you filed two years of full trading accounts as a limited company. What happens if you've only recently changed to a limited company? Because this is a a situation I come across very often, is, oh, I changed six months ago to a limited company, or I've only got one year of accounts as a limited company, right? That will further reduce the pool of lenders we can get you a mortgage with. Again, there are lenders that will say, okay, that's cool, let's look at your last couple of years of self-employed tax returns. We'll get a reference off your accountant to sign to say that you own 100% of the business, you're doing the same job as you always did, it was just a change for tax purposes, right? That's fine. So if you've already done this and you're watching this part or listening to this part of it thinking, oh crap, don't worry. It will make things more difficult. Just understand when you do get in touch that because you may have got an AIP on, on one day, you know, you're gonna have to wait about a week to get a decision because we have to go upfront with all of your financial evidence to a bank and show them and put an argument forward, say, please support this. Their underwriter manually reviews it, which means it goes in their queue and will be looked at when its place comes. No matter how many times you ask nicely that I push them, they won't. Um, and then we'll get an agreement that they will support this. And then when we submit the application to get you your agreement in principle, the underwriter has to, to approve it, not the computer, which is what would happen if you had two years of, of tax returns. Yeah. So then we have to wait another three to five days before you get your AIP, your agreement in principle, or mortgage in principle, depending on what your agent might have referred to it as. So then all this time, you've got someone who has already told you that they'll sell you their house. Two weeks down the line, saying you've not even submitted your got an agreement in principle yet, and you're getting nervous, and you're 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 asking us to see you know can you get this quicker? But we can't. Um, all of these things need to be kept in mind, which is why I I right at the beginning said call us before you make an offer, not after, because we can then get those things agreed in the time spent. While you're shopping for a house, while you're looking at properties, you know, and then you haven't got anyone breathing down your neck. So, moving on to the limited company buy to let scenario, the same situation there applies. You'll need two years of limited company accounts showing an annual income totaling 25 grand or more. That's a combination of salary and dividends. Again, some will look at salary and profit. I don't think that's going to be so much of an issue, Bilal, because everyone's going to have 25 grand plus in drawings. Correct. The issue being is you might not have two years. <clears throat> there are some lenders that have no minimum income requirements for buy to let, so they'll give a mortgage to someone with a zero income. We'll have to go to one of them. It means that a massively reduced choice of lenders, you might not get the most favorable rate, and you might not get as much as you wanted to borrow if that lender doesn't have the most favorable calculation. Yeah, so every, every one of these complications put on on, adds another layer of challenges and usually I can overcome one or two things three becomes almost impossible you know and and what I can offer you becomes narrower and narrower which is more likely that it won't be within the scope of what you needed to move forward so speak with your accountant and make sure you proactively mention because not all accountants are like Bilal Um, the amount of times the clients say to me my accountant never told me any of this never said this th- this would be any problem like well i can't fault them for that because they that's not their job they're accountants you know um bilal used to be a mortgage advisor i don't know if people know this no bilal way For a short <laughs>
1: time. way back in the day the first <laughs> job i ever did so i got qualified as a mortgage advisor when i was 18 and uh had a head of hair um i keep, I keep yeah, i'm not i'm not getting i'm not bitter about losing my head um yeah at 18 i qualified as a mortgage advisor it, it wasn't for me it was probably the not not the area of finance i wanted to be in um but yeah so i sort of understand yeah. uh, oh, look, this was this was so he, he knows what to
2: spot. in, in you know you, you're still going to remember things that cause problems so Bill always yeah. refers to clients say look you know he'll ask them are you looking to buy a property in the near future
1: which is why he then says look, speak to Vin." Um, oh, a lot of accountants I'll, I'll, don't have that. I do that on the consultation whilst I'm on the phone to them. So whilst we're having our consultation, because because of the way we do the accounts, A, when I'm... So we do the accounts throughout the year. So we've got... Um, so as long as my client tells me, Vinay, you, you hit the nail on the head, tell us before you do it. Because right now, as the tax year has ended, we're prioritizing all our self-assessments. Now, if I know you're trying to buy a house, you go right to the top of the tree that says, I need to get you done dusted. So you can get your SA302. So you can go back to Vinay with your number, So Vinay can go do the work that says last two years this is what you were. Regardless of limited company sold trade, but we've dealt with that bit. Now it's the sort of the mechanics managing expectations that says as long as you're proactive and you're letting us know what you need to do, we can then get you the documentation in readiness for you to make those steps to, to jump on those houses as and when they happen. Um, so it, so it's so it, again the way we do it is is the majority of the lead work's already been done. So, so the rest of it now is is making sure you've now you're proactive with getting everything we need so we can finalise those accounts. Now, even if you do your accounts tomorrow, the sixth of April, the start of the next tax year, you, we can submit that. You can. It's all on. It's all on HMRC's gateway. That all then it's sufficient proof of a You still don't have to pay that until thirty first of January next year. Uh,
2: that's so, another point. I, I I saw that on one of the doctors' forums. Someone was was. Talking about getting a mortgage and filing their tax return early, but didn't have enough money to pay their tax bill earlier, and and the an accountant yeah. pointed out, no, you file oh, yeah. it early doesn't mean you pay your tax early. That deadline is still the same.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a massive misconception. Is why everyone leaves it around December as well. I'd have to pay it till the end of Jan. No, let's do it early so you know what the number is. You can plan for it. You can meet the expectation. Know exactly what it is, and you'll make my life easier. I was that's, just saying, that's make your accountant that, happy as well. That's more a cry for help <laughs> than anything else.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The other the other thing is when you speak to an accountant to inquire about changing to limited don't just answer their questions you tell them i am saving up to buy a house yeah right i would like to buy at around about this time will this cause a problem and and that may i mean when i when i spoke to my accountant a few years ago about changing to limited um this was the time where we, we lived in East London, um, and I was still a dental student. Um, the, the the objective was always to buy a larger property when we could afford to in the next two to three years. My accountant said, so for two or three years, you'll save some money on tax, and then you'll take one big sodding dividend to pay for a deposit. And I always wanted to buy a, a house that would need a bit of money spending on rather than a polished as high a value as it's going to be type of place so i knew i knew not only would i need the money for the deposit to buy the place but then i'd need to for the next three or four years take a lot of money to renovate restore whatever and he said okay so really you're going to spend you're going to need to spend practically all the money for the next three or four years when you buy this house yeah okay buy the house get the big expenses out of the way then we can change to limited there were two considerations there i wouldn't have saved a huge amount of money in tax for the extra work it would have been involved in me changing over to limited um and and it might have caused me a problem getting a mortgage because yeah. sadly i'm not a qualified professional under these uh, qualification criteria. um I, I didn't finish my dental degree so they wouldn't have worked on any projected earnings or anything like that um for anything but my wife's part of the income which wouldn't have, have been enough for the the move that we wanted to make so um we're in the process now of transitioning to a limited company and um, uh, you know all this time I've been paying tax on on every penny um because we've been spending on on the house we spent on the deposit you know so if you tell your accountant I want to buy a house in a year your accountant's going to say to you okay so are you going to need to take all of this money out when you do buy this house? That may then change the opinion of the accountant, unless Bill mm. corrects me here. In in certain scenarios, that may lead the accountant who would have otherwise advised to go limited to say, well, in that case, let's do this after you've bought the house.
1: Exactly. So, so as part of our consultation, we will ask, um, are you getting married? Are you, you know, are you planning to have a family? Do you, do you foresee any large expenditures in the, in the coming years? Are you planning on taking time off? Are you planning, you know, even if your income right now is 50, 60, 70 grand, are you going to be spending 20, 30 of that on courses? Are, you know, are you planning on doing a master's? So there's more there's more questions than these are a set of numbers. Pick, pick one you like. And I think the biggest one within that is, is is the house purchase because, you know, detrimentally, everything else, you know, we can sort of make it fit, but as long as we manage your expectation, the house is the one that's outside of our locus of control. And because of the, the way, you know, appetites change, markets change, everything like that, we know as a sole trader, you, 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 are window dressed to be in the best position to get the mortgage. Once you've got it, we can reevaluate. Mm. Um, and then e- even things with like you, um, people want to do the hybrid position where they say, well, I'll keep my NHS income as self-employed. I'll put my uh, private income through a limited company. That's almost the worst situation to then go then and get a mortgage for because who, whose is the money? Uh, because you can't take it out, and if you do that and then take it out, you've actually ended up paying more tax because mm-hmm. you're paying nineteen percent corporation tax and then you're paying thirty three point seven five percent whereas you would have just paid forty two percent the other side. so yeah. we've we've got to factor all that in
2: i will I will interject that if you do have a recently arranged split arrangement, we can still get you a mortgage in many scenarios because again, a lot of clients who come to us I'm very surprised to hear I could have gotten a mortgage two years earlier. But whoever they spoke to back then said, no, you need two years of accounts. You know, Um, you pointed out earlier, Bilal, um, uh, you know, you might get a higher interest rate. But if you buy a house two years sooner, you've saved two. What would that house have cost two years from now? How much equity have you gained in property increasing in that two years? Um, So there's a lot of of, there's a number of different things, you know. uh, before you, you decide to, to sign up for that fifteen thousand pound implant course in Brazil, if they're still doing them, learn about the pandemic, um, yeah, which yeah. will knock your profit right down in one big swoop, maybe consider that, that fifteen grand less profit yeah, multiplied yeah. by five is how much less of a mortgage I'm gonna be able to get you as a result. Yeah. So what's that 75 grand less mortgage you're gonna? be able to secure and as i was saying earlier dentists are aspirational people they they want to push it they want to buy the most expensive they can the most common question i get asked what's the maximum mortgage i can get right no one says to me i've 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 been i've been looking online and the, i i reckon of 300 grand i could i could get the house that that will be all right big enough even for me and my needs they say to me What's the biggest mortgage I can get? And then I'll start looking for a house. Yeah. And I don't tell them a million and they, they come back with a 500 grand house. I tell them a million and they come back with a 1.1 million pound house with the with the comment that, oh, I've, I, I really tried. But houses are so expensive in this area. And it's, oh, my God, OK, tearing my hair out again. Why I'm getting less of it below my airlines becoming like yours. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's all about planning, you know. Um, I, uh, the, the, should I say this? Um, dentists are, 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 are some of your, your yourselves worst enemies, and and I often laugh that you guys are the victim of behaving in, in the way that some of your patients do with you. But you know, professionally, you see the frustrations because you know everything about dentistry, and patients will will have expectations you know and, and just not realistic you know they'll expect that what worked for someone should work for them and you know that's just how it is and and it's the, the reality is everyone is in, entirely different just because one person who had a 100 grand a year private job saved loads of money going limited doesn't mean that you will you know because that person could have entirely different activity that year and and for the years ahead that massively changed that the dentists do look to each other for for some sort of reassurance of, of you know, what do you guys think I should do? Um, so, you know, be upfront, plan ahead. Don't don't wait till the last minute and and then you'll be well prepared. You'll not worry about losing that house because the agent's saying you've, you've not got me a mortgage quick enough because you'll you'll have done all the research and be ready to go. And your accountant will be on point waiting as well. Yeah.
0: I love what you said just then, Vinay, about how if you have that conversation before you book that fifteen grand Brazilian implant course. Okay, what's fifteen? You know, fifteen grand to some dentist, that's maybe a couple of months turnover. Okay, you can quickly get it back, but it puts your mortgage, it delays your mortgage by quite some time, and the massive cap. Well, and sorry, how much you can possibly borrow? So another caveat to that conversation, rather than just going ahead and taking the plunge is if you're looking for a house speak to your mortgage advisor about the implications on that which is something that we never really thought about okay so that is interesting I love that also Bilal I'm just going to go back to one thing that you've said and you know what this podcast is really interesting I actually sense we could probably have a part two in this but I like to keep these to around 40-50 minutes so one thing I just wanted to ask now this might be obvious to some people listening and to you, Bilal, but my understanding of having your NHS wages drawn out, your hybrid solution that you talked about a minute ago, NHS wages drawn out, whatever they add up to be, let's say they're like 30K, something like that, right? So then you put the rest of your private income into your limited company. Now, first question, super short and sweet snappy answer, that does mean that you can still have the NHS pension, right? Correct. It does, yeah. Okay, and that doesn't affect that in any way if the private income goes into a limited company. Brilliant, okay. So why is it, did I get the right end of the stick there when you said that you have to, can, can you not pay 7.5% dividend tax on the remainder between that 30K and that 50,270? You can. Yep. Oh, so, sorry, I just thought I got the wrong end of the stick there because I thought that you said that you'd have to pay the intermediate rate of dividend tax. Perhaps I got the wrong sorry, end yeah. of the stick.
1: No, no, I think it might because I had a very specific case in my head when I was talking about that. So bears was their NHS income was 50k. The rest of their income was all so so it was right on the button anyway, that said it left no room to take any more out up to that. But you're absolutely right. So if your hybrid solution keeps you under that 50k, take the rest of it out up to 50k, and then you, you benefit from the dividends
0: ah brilliant yeah because i yeah i thought that you said that and then i wasn't sure so that's actually a nice thing to put in the podcast there because there'll be people out there who don't know that guys i think that there's gonna be a bilal and james Pensions, uh, not pensions, show. sorry, mortgages, <laughs> mortgages and accountant. Yeah, or his show, or maybe even a feature. There you go. Because there's so much ins and outs in this. And you know what, Vinay, you put it in terms dentists can understand. Okay. You go to, if you go to five different dentists, you get seven different opinions. Do you know what I mean? Depends on the day of the week, depends on the weather, depends on their mood depends on what they've had for breakfast honestly that's how it is it's more of an art and last patients yeah, as
2: yeah, well. yeah. yeah
0: and it depends and you know what here's the thing how often do you tailor your treatment because of the patient's manner and how they are and what their expectations are totally and it's just like everything else it's an art form so you've made a really interesting point you put it in dentist terms and that is to say that, that logic is extrapolated onto everything else that we do in life as well. And I think that that's a really nice way to round off this podcast because there is more to mortgages. There is more to accountancy than meets the eye. And it's not always limited company, non-limited company, black and white. There's a gray area in between, especially when houses come into play. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. There's more to talk about. Yeah, there's more to talk about. There is, there is guys well, would potentially be its own episode
1: Very much, Oh, brilliant! You got to go break my fast so <laughs> okay.
0: okay in that case then we'll draw a line on everything today we'll draw a line on the proceedings anybody who's listening who liked what they heard interested to learn more feel free to reach out to Vinay feel free to reach out to Bilal they're both on the group and guys we will catch up again super soon I'll see you both later good to see you dude good evening, take guys, care guys,
1: I'll see soon you soon. bye bye